Hachi's 05. And I'm simply an MC. <laughs> <laughs> this is the two dads podcast <laughs> listen this cheese on fire thing man it has to die no i mean i expected this to happen with the cheese on fire it's gonna happen for a while it, it's gonna be like everyone told me this too it's like like three months people are still gonna call you cheese on fire all the time but it's okay it's all right i don't mind so awesome. big sim. well yeah give me the give me the news what's today about yeah I got, I got some news for you um while pity and limb cube sit quietly in the <laughs> squares <laughs> <laughs> all right so speedrun news for you all we had a little um, mistake on this app starting from the top there has been some stuff going on um I, I think I covered the Super Mario Bros. It's kind of getting heated. Some West, Cosmic, you know, it's uh, getting a little saucy. They're pushing the limit. Will we see a 454? Maybe, possibly, in theory, a 454.798 appears to be the limit, according to Speedrun Reddit. But, anywho, Chaos Pringle has been cooking it up in <clears throat> Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, just took another, I'm pretty sure he already had record and he improved it with a one hour and 52 second time. That was, that was last night, I believe. Or, two, yeah, days ago, two days ago, according to this post. Yeah. That's insane. Not dude. too shabby. Not too shabby. It's definitely, uh, coming down that sub one looking more real every single day. Apparently he's been, uh, he's been finishing like sub one one runs every day. He's, uh, really popping off. I believe it. I mean, he's he's gotten the world record and he's been keeping his spot. But you know, don't count anybody out. Equan, I, it's Equan, right? Equan, Equan. Honestly, people meme about it. I don't know. I don't know how, what his actual name is, but it's something. Man, I I just gotta say, I Super Mario Odyssey. The com competition is insane. The top four have all PB'd within the past two weeks, and the space from first place Chaos Pringle to Acrid is only 10 seconds 13 mm. seconds it's uh it's getting a little heated you know a lot of a lot of things in speedrunning but i'll continue celeste of course has gone way uh out of proportion it's gone it's popping off any percent current patch in 2849 Sub 29 by, already yeah by tgh um i guess there's a new glitch what do you what do you know about I, it? I mean the only thing that's really new is the fact that they don't do <clears throat> five they don't do the 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 a side of chapter five anymore they do b side so the mirror temple which is chapter five they always did a side and with certain strats and stuff they were they you know they were able to do f the b side of chapter five that's faster i don't know how much faster i don't think it's that much faster but that on top of just tons of new strats because like celeste celeste is like dude thousands of strats i don't know how much rooms there are on any percent but they're lots and each room has like 10 strats you can do so it's just like there's always new strats there's always like more stuff you can do and that's mm. it just keeps going down and down and tgh on top of that is one of the most insane speedrunners of all time so that's another thing accurate with the host forty-nine thousand viewers thank you Acred. thanks accurate just talking about you Hello, everyone, by the way. Happy Friday. Feels good. We made it another week. It's time to uh, keep it going. Mm -hmm. um, 
Super Mario 64, again, nonstop, making its presence known. Uh, you got Lunar Jump with a 10.48 and 16-star nonstop. He's actually mm. super happy with that time, apparently. How do you feel about uh, the whole nonstop thing? I know we talked about that on the last episode, but so I don't know. Thoughts? I don't. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a nonstop 16-star run, but um, I'm guessing that's the new world record. No. Or the yeah, Luna yeah. officially has it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so nonstop has been um shining in the tournament scene, like big time. Yep. So um, uh, there was one, there was a few showcases of nonstop lately, and then there was a huge reaction. People, people loved it. It was insanely because it's competitive. It's insane. It's insanely fast. It's like yeah. So you know the tournament is going great. And shout out to GSA for running the nonstop seventy tournament. And from mm-hmm. from running that tournament, there's been like four times the amount or even more of at nonstop runners that started doing nonstop again. And now it's just like the mo- literally it's the most competitive category apart from like sixteen star at the moment. So that's dude. People say certain categories are, I guess, arbitrary. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's it's about who. You know how many people take part, I guess, and actually take it seriously. So yeah, uh, the last time I checked this, the nonstop mm-hmm. seventy liter board, I want to say there was like less than twenty people mm-hmm. on it, and now approaching thirty. Um, I don't know how many people are submitting, but there's definitely people honing in, perfecting their craft, cutting that time down. So it's interesting to see how that's coming along. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, you know pretty typical stuff new world records being set in games i've never seen or know anything about so um yeah <laughs> you don't know anything about it. so um about this uh actually you know we'll talk about that with, with when the guys are here so okay before we um are you are you you think we're ready to dive in with the the beautiful guests we have in the i'm ready to dive in i've got so... my swim cap on i've got my speedo securely strapped onto my cheeks let's right. go uh one little issue though so um, okay. we have some uh, camera names switch ups. Um, um, okay. Actually, I can flip them if you'd like. Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask. You could just like switch the names on the layout. I could just pop it on. It takes like two seconds. I have that much power. Yes. All right, just give boys. me a moment. But was... while while I'm doing that, give me a little give me a little intro. What's going to be happening today right, on so... the Two Dads podcast? Cheese. Today we have two beautiful men. Um, they are yeah well you guys would see for yourself um we have two very prominent members in the speed running world um as of recently um they're part of gsa there are two of some of the core commentators if you may and not only gsa but the speed running scene right now um they have along with simply as well they have introduced a style of commentary lately in speed running that's it's very desirable and mm-hmm. you know it involves not only um so you watch a lot of gdqs and marathons in general sometimes you know the commentary can get a little bit dry it's um you know it's very infom- inf- informative but these guys are bringing a very entertaining side of commentary these days and some energy yeah energy um colorful commentary if you may and yeah. it's 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 booming and it's people are excited about it and now we're here to talk to them about the whole process and what they think about it and what they what they plan on how they plan on doing it in the future and blah 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 stuff 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 okay so okay 
it's you got the thing for me, Smith? Okay. I got you, buddy. Yeah, so we got Pity and Limb Cube. High quality Hello. men. Hello. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, we're good. Uh, that looks nice. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. We got it. Hey, everybody. We didn't get to change the layout yet, but. Hello, Pity and Limb Cube. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm Limcube. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Pitty, by the way. We got the names. Let's give me one. I want it to be Limcube. Sorry, I think it's frozen in screen right now, but just, just trust me. Give me one second. Everything's going to be a-okay. We've got some identity crises uh, forming here on the podcast. We got it. And... We're good. All right. Okay. Everything's set. Jesus. We're set. All right. I thought. What's happening, Limcube? How are you feeling today? I'm doing great. Recently, um, have been doing a lot of obviously commentary work. And by the way, yeah. let me just introduce myself again. I'm Limcube. I'm not a native English uh, speaker. I'm trying to do my best. Pretty obvious that I'm German, I think. But yeah. uh, commentary and generally like speaking freely is something that I always enjoyed, and I wanted to give it a shot. Um, my passion for speedrunning doesn't even go long like that back that long i've been mm. watching a ton of like gdq's q events mm. in the past but smo was really what was uh, kicking off the speedrun thing for me and yeah but recently everything has been going great gsa obviously expanding like fire mm. you know if you got the, the speedrun fires you know what i'm talking about mm. and um i've been enjoying this a lot and i've been running not only the uh, commentary in some um gsa events but also i've been organizing some <laughs> commentator meetups where we basically talk about making this commentary thing a little bit more professional we are trying to learn from like traditional esports and i guess we will we, we get all into that during the show yeah awesome how about you how about Patty? you pet you know i'm just a guy um <laughs> are you a guy that is by chance able to tilt his webcam a couple degrees downward <laughs> no what happened here what? What what you oh god <laughs> Okay, good, good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, so Pity, um, you've been around for a long time. You've been around for really long, longer than me. Mm, yeah, since like May of 2013 is when I started speedrunning. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, well, you did OOT, you did Master Quest. You had the world record in, in OOT Master Quest for. For a while now. Yeah, currently Garden Tricks has the record. Um, oh. I did hold that for about a year. Okay. Uh, I've done Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess. Uh, I did a couple runs of Wind Waker and Wind Waker HD, and uh, I guess like the new, the new journey for me is Super Mario sixty four. Okay, sweet. And how about commentating? How what's your what's your commentary commentator story? Do you have one? Um, <laughs> I mean. Uh, because Ocarina of Time, you know, one of the biggest speed games, you know, Super Mario 64, I'd say is the definitive number one, but Ocarina of Time, pretty close second. Um, we've had a lot of events like that for Ocarina of Time, um, like online marathons or anything like that. I've also made, you know, Ocarina of Time videos where I, I had voiceover or like record myself talking. So mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, through all my years, um, you know, explaining the game to people, just like live streaming and explaining Ocarina of Time teaching people how to play mm -hmm. um I, I did have a thing on gdq once and there's just like 
there's a lot of things that I, I've done commentary for, and I just decided it was it was a thing that I liked. I mean, mm -hmm. GSA kind of like it's a new opportunity, um, and I just thought that you know I I liked commentating, so I wanted to see if I could do it and uh, if it'd be any good. And you you enjoy it? It's you you seem very enthusiastic about it. <clears throat> yeah, that's good stuff. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, it can be it can be pretty lit, you know, when the races get bumping. But intros aside, it's a pleasure to have you guys on here. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be here, obviously. Mm -hmm. We got some hot topics, and uh, yes, we do. Yeah, we might as well start kicking it off. All right. Okay, so, so uh -huh. do you want to go ahead, Stim? Yeah, yeah. So, play by play and color casters are like two different realms of commentary and this is something that uh, limcube brought up actually in the first commentator meetup you know trying to sharpen our commentators at gsa limcube would you like to expand on what exactly that means yes so this is obviously a term that like before i joined speedrunning as like a competitive player i used to play league of legends competitively not si like diamond three or something if you know what it is it's mm -hmm. not important but obviously the competitive scene as far as like league of legends broadcasting goes is huge they rank in like a million viewers and more easily these days and obviously because of that their like commentary scene and their <laughs> analyst scene has been expanding already and mm -hmm. a term that I heard there first, but I think this is actually from traditional sports, is uh, is the play-by-play the -play <clears throat> role and the color caster role. And you don't necessarily have to be only one, but these are two different styles on like how to approach commentary. The play-by-play the -play guy would be what people would consider the hype man or something, the guy that mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. literally explain what, what you're seeing at your screen. Like if it's a football, a soccer game, they, they would explain how the goal is being set up. Or if it's goal! speedrunning, basically. Or if it's speedrunning and, and someone is in the Bowser fight, they would explain, okay, he's going for Bowser for us right now. We see if he's actually going to land him and he misses the bomb. That would be the play-by-play -play guy, right? Mm -hmm. That actually mm -hmm. runs down what you see on screen. And then the color commentator or the color cast would be the guy that does the rundown on strats that does uh, maybe goes back and explains the history. This strat was found by this and this member and he found it that and that way. And it saves, let's say, five seconds. Mm -hmm. And uh, having a good balance between them is huge. And I did this meeting in the first place, by the way, to basically explain... Um, I think what we are lacking right now as we um, approach this topic, like uh, casting competitive speedrun races, which mm. we've seen them in the past on like GDQs, but not on like the highest professional level. And I think what we lack right now, at least, and we, it's getting way better, we're improving, everybody is uh, improving, but mm. good play-by-play -play guys is something we lack right now. Most people are liking the the color role because that's something they're comfortable with they explain their speed game on their streams like on a regular basis mm -hmm. right but stepping like out of this comfort zone and going a little bit hype and um explaining what what is happening on the screen is something that is new now for for every one of us i think and i i myself have noticed how much it improves the quality of the race and the commentary yeah definitely totally agree so <laughs> going first play by play what do you guys think is a key part in being a good play-by-play -play commentator? Pity thoughts. How do you do it right? Um, I think that to be a good play-by-play -play commentator, you need you need to know when when it's time to hype, mm -hmm. and um, to know when it's time to hype, I believe you need to 
um, be very observant. And I think that the key is to notice a disparity. Um, it's just some moment where a player will either, you know, speedrunners are, they can be uneven in skill, right? So it can be, mm -hmm. it can be an area in the game where, you know, they bust out really high level movement or something, you know, really, really hard that saves a small amount of time. Impressive, something yeah. you've never seen before. Yeah, something yeah. really impressive can be that moment. Um, something really unimpressive can be that moment too. And, and, and that in itself is also pretty impressive. But um, <laughs> basically, I think that being a good play-by-play -play is, is noticing those moments in which a player is either above um, their standard bar or below it. And then you just basically, you know, you're making an observation and you're also pointing it out to people watching. I think that's very important. Definitely. And, and I think like uh, building on top of that, the energy I feel like is, is the biggest piece. Like you have to be, you have to have the energy and it can be hard, um, especially if you don't really understand how a game works. Like I'm very comfortable with Super Mario 64. I know when somebody's losing a lot of time or when somebody's making up a lot of time, like you can see it. But um, it's a little bit harder in unfamiliar territory, but definitely like emphasizing, like people recognize that they're losing time or they're gaining time, but putting emphasis on it and explaining like, oh my God, losing the run. Yeah. This is huge. One minute left. Can he bring it back? Things right. like that. So you, yeah. you, you raised a really quick point there, Synth. Um, So like you being comfortable with Mario 64, for example, right? So that's, that is like a really big issue in speedrunning, right? Um, and people have brought it up a lot of times like not only in commentary, but speedrunning is, it's it's a community of tons and tons of games. It's not like League of Legends, it's it, it's its own thing, and then they have League of Legends commentators. Speedrunning is like, there are speedrunning commentators, but there's so many games, and if you don't know a game, the commentary kind of, it gets affected. It gets kind of changed. So like, you're comfortable with Mario 64, you know how to commentate Mario 64, you're accustomed to the play-by-play -play in that game, certain moments in the game. And then, you know, um, a, a tournament race comes in a different game, like Mario Kart Double Dash or something, and you have to, like, step up and do it. But can you? Do you, do you feel comfortable? Do you, you don't know the game. Is that going to affect you? You know, what's going to happen at that point? So I think at least the the play by play cast and that's his advantage and that that is also why we need to build more of these people is um, that this skill set and simply brought it up is definitely way easier to transfer to like another speed game. Uh, mm. if, if we look at like these uh, SMB1 races that are currently happening, you don't, as a play-by-play -play guy, you don't have to know what inputs you need to press to get like right. the wall clip right. in Fortnite dash 2, or you don't need to know how to do the bullet bill glitch. You don't need to know that. But, but what you do need to know is, what you do need to do is at least like watch the games closely and abuse situations, like something that is really important. And when, when the World Peace Grand Finals were happening in SMO, I really tried to... Um, try to abuse situations like when races are really close and someone simply brought it up someone is making a mistake you definitely need to highlight that you cannot just mm -hmm. let that go like that's what actually like if you look at our announcement our recent announcement and like the most hype moments is when someone misses something in a close situation and completely like turns around the potential outcome of the race right. and you can do that for every speed game if someone dies in yeah. in in like 8-4, if someone dies on the summit in Celeste, that's still the same. It doesn't change for the play-by-play. -play. Right. As a color caster, you should definitely know how much uh, time a certain strat saves, or you should know how much um, how, how you do, how you play the game. 
I, I'm not saying you shouldn't be familiar at all with the game as a play-by-play -play guy, but the play-by-play guy, play play guy can definitely transfer his skills to other games easier. Right. That's a good point. Because, I mean, you can use your eyes and be like, okay, he's clearly ahead. Yeah. And clearly a close race. Right. So, yeah, that's so, a good point. But go ahead. Um, I was going to ask Pity, do you think... Um, I, I already mentioned before that... Um, that you're looking forward to um to learning other games to be able to speedrun other games. Um do you think it'll be a challenge? Do you think it's like worth learning so much about a game to be able to just do you think it's like too much work or do you think it's always worth it at the end to actually be able to commentate a bunch more games if you need to? Well, I I think that actually uh color commentary for a game that you're not too familiar with isn't too hard. Um, I think it's all about enabling your partner because we always commentate in duos or we try to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you have like a little bit of prior knowledge, I guess you could do it with zero knowledge, but if you just do a little bit of research beforehand, you can, um, instead of, you know, telling, telling people, you know, how much time that saves or how it's done, you just ask the right questions. So you get the other commentator to fill the gaps for you. Um, and I feel like maybe doing a little bit of a hybrid there, um, when you're doing a game that you're not familiar with is good. So you enable the mm. other commentator to do the, the color commentating. So you ask him the questions and then he fills the gap, he fills in the gaps. And then what yeah. you do is you try to, you know, hype up the, the play by play, like, oh man, it looks like he just lost like a ton of time there, <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that. Basically, um, I think that playing a, a really good support role in, a game that you don't know where you basically you hype them up and you also get them to explain things is uh, really good for a game that you don't know. But um, yeah, I think that learning, uh, learning a, a new speed run for the commentary could be pretty fun. Uh, I think that actually when you, when you learn something for commentary, it's probably a little bit different. Um, I think that when I'm playing Mario and I'm thinking about it in the, scope of commentary it's a little bit it's a little bit different from being a player yeah right instead of um observing all of the times where um you know you lose time or save time i think you think more about um actually no i think that instead of thinking about like I guess you think more about like how much time you save or lose rather than like why you save or lose that time. Okay. I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say. I guess it is. A, I guess the way that I learned speedrunning is is pretty good for commentary in general. I think that um, there's like a couple different styles like learning speedrunning. I'd say that um, I, I kind of learn it step by step. It's I don't, it's hard to describe like people speed run or learn speed running differently and uh i'd say that i i learn how to do things properly and then i move on and then there's a lot of speed runners like i guess cheese would be a good example he learns all the things he cannot do if he wants to do it properly and then he moves on so my process is shorter but also my process is prone to less flexibility but i think as a commentator all you need to know is like how how something works rather than okay. like all the, all the things that make it fail so ultimate ultimately as a closer question to that do you think it's worth it learning a game like playing 
a game before learning to commentate it or do you think it's not necessary I think at least on a base on a baseline, it's definitely gonna improve your commentary and your understanding, mm. obviously, of the game. But I, I, I think in no way do you need to be a top level runner to be able to deliver very good commentary for these games. Interesting. I think that's yeah. important because I would imagine as a commentator, it's it might be really hard to to learn a game by you know play a bunch of speed games to be able to commentate them. And you know, yeah, I don't think that's yeah, necessary I, I, either. You just have to be aware, like you have to be, you definitely have to be paired up with somebody who, who knows a lot or understands like the difficulty. I, I think knowing the difficulty of things is important because if somebody gets something or misses it, it's important to know how hard is that? Because if they're yeah. missing something that's really hard, it's like, oh, okay. Or if they're executing something that's really hard, it's like, oh, okay, they, they got it. Like you don't really know. And that's, that's definitely mm-hmm. an uh, important part of that. Yeah. I mean, I think that learning the speedrun will always make your commentary better. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, I think that having good commentary doesn't necessarily mean that you are a hardened speedrunner of the game, though. Uh, I just think it's uh, kind of an enhancer. But yeah, yeah, you definitely you definitely need a baseline if you want to relate to like other runners when you're commentating. I think to people that don't know much about the game, you could probably get by, but. I think the like tr- true passion for the game that you're commentating really shines through if you know what you're talking about. For Definitely. Sure. All right. Uh, I think that was a pretty good coverage of play-by-play. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to add on that before moving on? Basically, just that now as more people get into commentary and I'm, later on, I'm going to invite people again to give it a shot because obviously this is expanding pretty pretty big right now. Right now we've seen Twitch announce stuff with like speedrun tournaments right now. Yeah. And mm. It's really getting pushed into this esports level. So everybody is going to look for people. And if you think you are um, passionate about a game and one huge thing that I wanted to bring up, you don't necessarily have to be, have to have the best voice or have to have the best, like I, I have the worst accent ever. <laughs> but um, if you if you if you work with what you have and if you're willing to improve, you can deliver great commentary. And I think people like these will be needed. So you should probably look into this, make that step and maybe even join like the GSA Discord, the public Discord and ask for like a commentary role and people will teach you. And yeah. I just wanted to say, um, you can you can go, you can think about that um, and you can say, okay, I'm just a great, I'm, I think I'm good at commentating. So I think I, 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 I'd be a good play-by-play caster because I could adapt my skills into different games and I could like kind of play them and do my job there. But if you're super passionate about one particular game, you can still be a great color caster because we will need these people that Definitely. explain time saves, that explain how stuff works. Now that now that we we are we are getting even more new people that watch speedruns for the first time, so we need good uh, color commentators as well that can explain what is happening efficiently without like branching out for like an hour. Yeah, I, that's actually a super good point. I would argue that in those cases, especially like um, when GSA might be on front page or these things like, what, what is it? The Twitch has like twenty five thousand dollars. Is that Twitch is that rivals it? is called? Yeah. So yeah, Twi- like, um, Twitch just announced this thing called Twitch Rivals that Twitch themselves run these tournaments of different games and stuff, and they just announced the speedrunning tournament of Mega Man Eleven that they're gonna have. And there's a $25,000 prize pool. Which is insane. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be drawing a lot of people, a lot mm-hmm. of people who have no idea about speedrunning and no idea about the speed game. And that's exactly where color commentating is like super important. And you need to think about, okay, is this the typical audience or is this like 
a new audience or a lot of people here sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, I think oh, I yeah. if I've like never even seen a Mega Man 11 speedrun, so I would definitely be in need of someone who explains me the strats that I'm watching. But even still, if the race is super close, I want the commentators to embrace it. Like if if, yeah. if there's if there's like a two frame difference between them and they are talking about how much frames that strat saves, I don't care. I want to hype them up what's happening. So we right. we still are going to need both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely. It's good. They complement each other really well. Because you can't always be play by play. Like there's sometimes there's just nothing happening, and you're just no, like, no, no. You, you well, they're can't. walking and they're you know moving the guy. I realized um, I actually, yeah, I actually realized like um, I've seen that you guys when when that when I get that kind of stuff happens, you guys kind of like you know realize it simultaneously, and you start just basically like talking to yourselves and like you know just talking about your day and just like bringing up stuff to fill in the intermission period of nothing mm-hmm. going on. And I've seen yeah, lots of clips I, of that. And I think that's really important because that creates like an immediate feeling of like intimacy in the in the commentary in the race. So like people could really like um connect, I guess. I think yeah, that I think... Oh, oh, sorry. Um uh, I think that uh you know what what separates a good commentator from a really great commentator is um noticing the gaps right sometimes uh you know when there's nothing going on there's nothing to be said nothing really on screen that's uh uh really stimulating enough or entertaining enough uh mm-hmm. i think that being able to fill it in is good and i think that having a lot of personality really helps that also having a good partner or you know yeah. something like that um and i think that i think it's it's very important moving forwards and i i think that um you know also, like, developing that personality uh, can really help with, like, I, I think that with play-by-play commentary as well, if you, you know, have worked on that, is uh, a lot better. I don't know. I guess something like that. Good points. Yeah, I think that I, I will I will say um, filling in, like, I, I know me and Pitt, we do, we'll, like, Taco Bell is, like, a perfect Taco example. Bell. We love Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Bell. <laughs> but I think there's a fine line. Like you don't want it to seem boring. Like if you can have a, a solid conversation, that's awesome. But there's definitely a a line there that you're crossing where it's like, oh no, is this like boring to people? Like, yeah, should we I be think, talking about game mechanics as yeah, opposed I think to it's, Taco Bell? I think it's a it's really easy to get stuck in that place too. I think that sometimes you know you you can get really off track if you're like if you try to fill the gap and you just go like really far like into into like outer space like you could be talking about <laughs> you could be talking about like i don't know like ancient rome or something while people are in bbh and super mario 64 and that could be yeah so i feel like um if a race is close it's it's not even it's 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 not even necessary to to cover these uh, like these gaps that, i guess the gaps just don't happen as much if a race is super close but yeah. if something happens early and someone is ahead uh, by a lot and it kind of gets like a boring race like a decided race which is in most right. cases actually never the case but even still if, if that happens there's even other options like that's a great option especially if we have established duos because there will be these like these insiders like the taco bell thing and then yeah. and i are kind of are already like uh, an established duo but i think there's other op- things that you can do and like three um that i want to bring up one obviously being um just focusing on what needs to happen for the guy in the lead to um 
lose the lead because most yeah. of the time if we expect um, him to play like solid the race is like decided but if you just mm -hmm. hype up the moments like a very hard part of the run and just focus um, the, the viewers on how much potential time loss the segment has and remind again yeah. okay if he fails this he's actually going to be behind or if he fails this yeah. the race is going to be way closer yeah. again <laughs> just bring that up even even it doesn't matter how unlikely it is as soon as you as you as you get people still interested and people are going to think okay maybe it's not over what what if he dies here what if he yeah. fails you need to remind people about the, these for mm -hmm. sure otherwise you lose them and they'll just leave and then Two other things, if that's like not feasible at all and someone is like super fat, you can always go back to the PB thing. I like I liked hyping people up if there's a potential PB on the line. Suddenly people wouldn't cheer as much for the race, but they would still oh, cheer one. for the person that is on potential PB pace. And we've even seen uh, like race um, world record stats. And in the future, when we branch out more to stats, we could even talk about something like the, this tournament's best time he's about to get that or something like There's Actually, a lot of other options as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, piggybacking on that first one, actually, that that's a really good point. Like, and I I've noticed that I do that naturally. I didn't really think about that, but like, for example, if somebody's going into Dark World, like that's where a lot of people die. You're like, all right, here comes Dark World. Yeah. You know, we've seen a lot of people die here. Can they make it through? Yeah, thing. that's a good point. I think that like Super Mario 64 is also kind of set up in a good way for that too. I mean, like the hardest stages are at the end of the game, so it really. Yeah you like really never know who's gonna win we we had like the 120 star relay and like one team was ahead by like three minutes of rainbow ride and they lost it was crazy yeah it's, <laughs> you never you never really know i i think you know super mario 64 might be a little bit extreme in that case but uh yeah it can never really count someone out until the end so, so that, that kind know. of brings me to the next point um so like talking in general about like the dread of of races that get decided early right mm -hmm. so that's the thing right sometimes there's a lot of times we think a race is done and then it's not <laughs> so what are you guys' yeah. opinions on you know when that kind of happens or when there are two players playing that one of them you know obviously is a lot more skilled than the other do you guys have to adapt a lot is it harder to commentate those kind of races what is it like well um i'd say that the, the people know uh when the commentators kind of decide that like yeah it's not really race anymore but um mm -hmm. i think that um you know you try to you try to like hold on for as long as possible uh you know just to see you know maybe maybe the comeback <laughs> will happen but if it's a best of three they got destroyed first game and they're getting destroyed second game uh what you can do is you kind of just like adapt what you're talking about um you kind of talk about like you know, I've been seeing some good things from this player. We'd love to see him back next time. Um, you know, they're really on the rise. Or you talk about, you know, how good the person in the lead is. Or, you know, you just talk about talk about the game, talk about the tournament, you know, talk about... Uh, I, I think that actually, like, delving into the player's mentalities can be really good. Um, oh, yeah. I think mm -hmm. that, like, you know, we... Uh, a lot of the times, uh, at least Simp and I, we talk about, like, this guy's way in the lead, but think about, you know, that kind of pressure um because like there can be i mean you could put pressure on anything you could be way behind and there's a lot of pressure to get like save time yeah. you can be way ahead but there's a lot of pressure to stay ahead uh i think that like there's like a whole there's a whole like genre of speed running that i that's like mentality and speed running that's like really good to touch on um definitely especially it, in very, races yeah it's very interesting and i think that races are 
you know, a thing that people really aren't used to. Uh, most people just sit there and they they reset their runs when they're not going well. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not really forced to continue, per se. I mean, I guess they're not forced to in our races, but um, I just, I think it's a, it's a completely different dynamic. It's unexplored. And I think that uh, the mentality thing is always really good to talk about, like, regardless of what the lead is like. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's where, um, once again, you need to look at the situation and judge from that like if if someone has uh, just a minor lead that the other person easily can recover from definitely focus on what mm -hmm. the uh, runner that is behind needs to do to catch up and uh, give him some some spotlight when he's going through a phase where he could potentially get his lead back or get back into the lead and if it's like completely ridiculous and the skill gap is also there then use the time as you brought up to talk about the game and still like potentially go back to that style where you say okay there's still this one thing that could happen even though how ridiculous it sounds it could still happen because we've seen <laughs> insane stuff happen before yeah and, yeah we have uh, <laughs> Also, by the way, if some if you go into a race with like a skill, make sure to you don't have to say. By the way, guys, you don't really need to watch this because his PB is six minutes better and he's definitely gonna win. But if you you could actually turn it around in a way that you could say this race has like an, a huge upset potential as well because if this Ooh. player wants to, if this player was to win, that would be like the highlight of this tournament. So I hope you cheer him on. And yeah, you know, so you, you yeah, I like that. That is pretty good. We actually saw like a massive upset in the non-sub 70 star. Uh Liam King seed 16 took down Lunar Jump seed one. Yeah, like, that was crazy, yeah. Two or something. It was insanity. And he took it 2-0. Like it was it was crazy. Not only that, um in the Big Sim 16 star, Ouija losing to uh who did he lose to Super Viper? Yeah, that Super Viper's the upset. Super Viper beat Paracousia in the 120 star uh, tournament for GSA. Paracousia is... fell off the carpet. Yeah, this is what I was saying. Like, and th yeah, this can happen. Like, it's, yeah, uh, Super Viper. Just... But that, that's that's something else that's so interesting about speedrunning tournaments, right? So there are players that don't have the best PB, but they are amazing and very consistent at every tournament they do. Uh, Custom is another good example. Like Custom always did well in every tournament, but he's not one of the, he's not other than top 10 even in either category so like but he always does well and the same it's for super viper viper is the same thing dude it's like yeah it is different around different whole different story yeah i think that super viper is really a consistency player mm -hmm. and i think that it that has a distinct advantage in races i mean oh yeah um i think that you know going in and knowing that you know, as long as you stay calm, you can get a certain time, and then shooting for that time is that's pretty good. Uh, I think that you know the players that are used to resetting more and used to more volatile strats. Uh, I think that they have to battle themselves more when they're racing than consistency players. Right. Definitely. All right. I think that was some uh, really good coverage. Is there anything you guys want to add on those topics before we move forward? Uh, I guess I guess just one thing that I want uh, to bring up again is um, this is this is new for all of us. Like I mean, there's channels like Speed Gaming that have been around for quite a while now, but uh, mm -hmm. the way speedrunning has been treated this year and just like right now with like this Rivals tournament, like 25k in the prize pool is yeah. ridiculous. 
time that none of us would have even like think of, thought about like yeah. two months or maybe like half a year ago and this is new and um people i think also like the viewers it's it's something new for the viewers and make it easy for them to transition and that's why i'm saying everybody that wants to get into commentary like look also at other esports as well try to learn try to learn from that and make make it comfortable for them to adapt to this because m people in the speedrunning world they are like super used to watching attempts you know and attempts are like a completely different world because uh, you are just going to chat about stuff and uh, the streamer will talk to you but that's not going to be the case in the future anymore because if we transition into this esports speedrunning world um, mm -hmm. things are going to be more like um, yeah commentators explaining the game uh, highlighting the events of the race and um yeah and once again i really wanted to bring up make sure to join the gsa public discord because definitely. Uh, there's definitely huge opportunities and i'm i'm not even just thinking about like these prize pools but just getting your your name out there and enjoying your passion like speedrunning in a way that you can commentate teach people and make unforgettable memories we've already had like insane clips from these gsa races so make sure to join and try it out um we are going to be looking for people and especially people that want to improve like when i'm talking to guys that want to try out a a commentary with me i'd rather take someone with an accent or like with with an unoptimal voice if you want to say it that way that is mm. super willing to improve and mm. super excited then someone with like mm. the best voice you ever heard and he's like hey guys welcome to gsa <laughs> you're gonna have a race yeah. you know what i mean Uncritical. <laughs> uh do you guys ever think that so having you know a bad mic or just a low quality mic in general is a very it's a big issue it's definitely it's definitely annoying um and mm. it's an easy fix you know like i mean not everybody can afford like the best mic but there's relatively yeah. good cheap yeah. mics out there i know chimpany who's like a pretty um famous streamer in the smo community has like a, a 30 buck headset and his headset sounds like amazing so as soon it as does. you wow. yeah if you make that investment um yeah it's 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 worth because i think that's something that definitely suffers like the quality definitely suffers but you can fix it easily um, yeah, it's not impossible to do it with like a low quality mic, but it's an easy fix that improves the quality drastically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think that um, definitely if you want to get into commentary, enthusiasm is definitely. I think that's the the greatest quality that you yeah. can have if you want to get into it. Oh, I think yeah. it's very important. Um, you know whether or not you think you're a boring person or whether or not you think you have anything good to say. I mean, I think that that kind of stuff is kind of developed as you go. Uh, yeah. I think that as long as, you know, you're really, like, dead set on improving, you just really want to commentate, yeah, you'll be good. Um, and yeah, you can't really – go ahead. Oh, I, I think that, you know, you know, having a bad mic, you know, that's kind of rough. But, I, I, I mean, yeah, the, the mics really aren't that expensive, and speedrunning isn't really an expensive hobby in general. So I think that uh, if, if, you know, you don't have a good mic, maybe you can just – you know, still join the Discord, you know, talk to us, uh, try to, you know, do commentary on your own, and then, and then, you know, get back to us when you have that, you know, $30 headset. Yeah, definitely. And I, I want to add on, like, getting into commentary, I, I did not see, like, where I am now coming uh, when I was, because, like, I stopped playing Mario, and I wasn't doing anything with Mario or anything like that. And I saw the speed gaming tournament, and I was like, oh, you can do commentary. Like, that's cool. I'll give it a shot. And I just loved it. So you never know. If you haven't done it, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. It, it can be a lot of fun. And yeah. it's really it's really cool, especially as you get better and you improve, to see that people, like, like your commentary. And you see familiar faces, and people are like, 
oh, I, I'm here for the simp commentary. I'm here for the pit commentary, the duo type I've thing. seen people say that good. in the chats too. So like, that, it's really good to see that, yeah. yeah. I, I also thought of one more point I would, I would really like to make too. Um, I think that one of the most important things in commentary is confidence. Uh, you can't be afraid of being wrong. I think that um, I think that I see a lot of commentators, you know, kind of stay really reserved. They don't want to say anything that they think that, um, you know, might like it might be wrong or it might be uh, like not completely right. And I think that uh, confidence is really important. You can't be afraid to talk. And then if you are wrong, you know, you have your co-commentator to back you up. You can always check the chat later, you know, correct yourself. I, I think that. Um, you know, saying it and being wrong and then learning for next time is more important than not saying anything at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, commentators are human too, so don't be afraid of mistakes. Okay. Yeah, and I, I can just bring up again that um, I've been getting good feedback as well from people about uh, my commentary being enjoyable and I, I'm not a native speaker, so that's definitely not a barrier. And mm -hmm. if, you, if you are just fluent in English, like fluent enough and you can exp express your passion, you can, do it, you can do well as well. Right. So I must mention real quick, having some Discord issues. The cans are kind of freezing every few seconds. I don't um, know what. Wait, when? Okay, hold on. When you're in Discord and you do the virtual cam, do you have your cam maximized in Discord? Um, I don't know what that means. Like, you share, and then are you seeing your own cam mm -hmm. like as the biggest thing? No, no, no. Oh, okay. All right, then never mind. Go to like, tools, virtual cam, and then click stop. Yeah, I did, but it's not. It didn't really do anything. Hmm. This is there's a lot of freezing is going Discord on. Is Discord freezing or is it OBS that's freezing? OBS is fine. So is it the, the voices sound fine. It's just the, the cans on Discord. Just you could just like... leave and rejoin. I'll try. <laughs> Give me one second. Oh God, guys. Discord is freezing hardcore. Ooh. Okay. Um. I might need to restart Discord real quick. Give me a second, boys. Discord, please. We need to restart Discord real quick. Discord is is. Oh God, it's going really bad. I had an update. I hope that. I hope that. Um. I hope that was the issue. We could do like a 15 minute. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Oh no. Is everything out of whack? Everything is completely out of whack. What happened here? Holy crap. How is that possible? Technical are... difficulties. Oh my lord. <laughs> what is this? Just, re just redo it. <laughs> oh my lord. Is this just the cameras are out of order? I have to completely redo all the cameras again. All right. So while you're doing that, we can just continue talking. All right. Yeah, we can. So uh, I did want to do a little bit of backpedaling, going back into the quote-unquote no-goes. Like you got the low-quality mics. Um, on top of that, just ensuring that you have like a proper setup. I, I mean, like most most of us, obviously, we've all done a lot of commentating or we've done a lot of talking on Discord, so we know that we have a decent setup, but making sure that you have at least a audible setup um, so your voice isn't cutting out 
super helpful. Also, um, like we've also, we've covered plenty of times and being enthusi- enthused, you know, having enthusiasm enthused. is important. You got to be enthused. But if you're if you're like dry, you know, you're just talking kind of monotone, it just it kills the vibe. It really does. Yeah, it's it's a huge difference between someone once again talking in this like in this monotone tone, especially once again in these uh, more intense segments. Like if you guys have seen any SMO speedrun says like this mech fight, and if somebody like just if, listen to the difference, if somebody's like yeah, and he's about to backflip, and then he's gonna <laughs> ground pound the bubble. Going back. Someone's like, okay, this is gonna be big now. Stravos <laughs> doing a backflip right now, throwing his cap. Will he actually miss the, the hit? You know, it's just the way you use your voice and don't be that guy that just uh, sits back and doesn't really care or sounds like it. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely something to be said about that. And I, I would definitely rather have a, a commentator be over the top than a commentator just not even exist, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's easier to dial someone back than it is to like turn them up. Mm-hmm. And also going off of that, there there's something to be said about, especially when you're duo common. And um, if you're not a familiar duo, like you guys don't really have an energy, you know, you haven't commentated together. I think it's really important uh, to make sure that you're not stepping on each other's toes. And yeah. that that can be done by being like, if you've if you both commentated before, you can be like, yeah, I'm I'm more I like doing the play by play, and then maybe the other guy's like, oh yeah, I like doing more color. You know, then you can get that going right away. You're like, okay, so I'm gonna take care of the hype. Exactly. Okay, we got the. Cancers. And I think one of the easiest fixes too. One of the easiest fixes is if you meet up. There's most likely gonna be like a voice call with the restreamer before the race starts. And mm-hmm. there's just one simple question that you can talk to your new like co-commentator with, and just ask him, okay, if we start our points at the same time, who's gonna finish first? Like, if you get that out of the way and say, okay, mm-hmm. if we both start at the same time, I'm gonna be the one that finishes my point, and then I'm gonna Ooh. give it. To you. If you just say this before the race, it's gonna improve the um, the dynamic immediately. That's I a really good that, point. I think that uh, uh, flexibility is very important when you're working with someone that you you don't have experience with. Yeah. Um. I, I think especially if you know you as you develop as a commentary, you'll incorporate color commentary and play by play commentary, and then you know sometimes if you see you know some guy plays better as play by play, some some player uh you know some commentator plays better with um, color commentary, you kind of try to fill the other role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know duos and commentary. That's actually something we didn't really touch on much at all. I think that um, I, I don't I don't know Lim if you really have like a like equivalent partner in SMO yet, but yeah, I would say so at least kind of yeah, and it's huge. Like, it, it 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 adds a lot. Yeah, to the, yeah. the chemistry. Like like simply and I mm-hmm. we have that. Um, and definitely like if you're trying to find a partner for commentary, uh. It won't go perfectly right away. Like simply, and I, we, if yeah. we look back, dang, we were booty, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, definitely takes a little bit to uh, get get used to. Yeah, it took us like at least five matches. I think that we were like, we were afterwards. We would just um, always just talk with your partner afterwards too. You know what? what oh did yeah. You like, what didn't you like? Uh, simply, and I were doing that. We were like, oh yeah, I think you were stepping on my toes here. Or like, oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, you know this. Like um. I guess like establishing like what's important to your duo. Uh, I think that that's very important. Like I would just be like, uh, yeah, if I'm saying something that is like not that important, just like go ahead with like whatever you're gonna say. But if if yeah. something I'm saying is like crucial and 
uh, you know, should like this point should really be finished, then let it finish and then do like the play by play or something like that. Do you guys ever think, or do you guys think in general that more than two people commentating at the same time is always is ever a bad thing? No, and I have a good, pretty good point to prove it because uh, we were actually trying out the TriCast thing for the SML Bingo Finals, and that's also something that you'll see in other big esports like League. Actually, all of the big League matches are TriCasted, and a lot of the CS:GO matches, at least when I was watching back in the day, as well. Oh, really? And if you go in without preparation, it can be chaotic. But if you prepare and assign roles before, it can actually be very good because sometimes even with a duo, especially if we get into the point where race gets stale you will run out of things to say but if you have three people together it's rare it, it didn't happen at all actually in these bingo finals we had a very good match it was pretty close as well but we assigned roles and it worked out great mm -hmm. okay. interesting i think that um definitely the more commentators you add the harder it is to achieve you know a, a balance and a synergy so i think that you know like what lim said is they really prepped for the, the three main yeah. commentary i think that's very important if you're going to go over two you need preparation going in yep okay yeah um i guess that i have one more thing i want to talk about and i think then we can move on to a q a um i will obviously check in with you guys but i want to talk about improving like how do you guys personally go about stepping up your game? Do you watch yourself over? Do you watch top commentators? What's your What's your play, um, Lim? Go okay, ahead. I, I, I start. Yeah, I think my my biggest inspiration uh, in commentary. Um, is two things. So actually, there's one really good uh, panel that I can recommend anybody that wants to cover like the baseline of speedrun commentating. Which there was a panel at GDQ by like Spike Vegeta. Um, a bunch of other people and like others hops <laughs> and so on um pretty good panel that just covers the like the baseline of speedrun commentary and mm -hmm. i try to watch a lot of uh, professional other esports commentators like if, if we if we look at play by play somewhere that i um tell everybody to check out first is like Anders Blume. He's like, um, he's American, I think, but he's like a Swedish or maybe Swedish. I don't know. Sometimes these Northern Europeans don't have any accents, mm -hmm. but he's amazing at play-by-play. -play. And if you watch any game that he casts, you'll get excited immediately. I guess I guess it's very easy to um, to watch Counter-Strike because, yeah, someone is getting shot at and you know what's <laughs> happening. But even still, he does a great job when it comes to play-by-play. -play. And there's great casters in pretty much every major esports that you can learn from. And if you, as soon, like, I would say identify what you're familiar with is a play-by-play and color and then check out the respective casters in other games. What mm -hmm. do they do? How do they do it? And then... Um, join the GSA public discord and join the monthly caster meetups because we are going to cover all of these topics that we think are important and especially something like how to like really voice training how how you use what you have and um, how 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 to do awesome things with your voice and um, yeah there's tons of ways but I'm probably mainly using inspirations from other big games at, at the moment mm -hmm. sure how about you Pat um I think that uh, what, what's really good for me for improving is I always, uh, after each time I commentate, I look back and I think, like, just on, like, uh, what part didn't flow well, what gap could I fill better, like, um, like, what did I actually talk about in, like, that gap, like, could it have been better? Or, like, I just think in my head, like, what did I literally say 
and then I just write down anything I, I didn't think was good or anything I did think was good and I just think about it. And I think that um I think that vocabulary is very important in, in commentary as well because you know obviously you're you're commentating the same game over and over and over and over, mm. and over again. And you see the same stages, the same stars, the same whatever. And I think that um like vocabulary is very important. Um it it also helps you express yourself differently. And I think that, you know, uh, having, you know, some some good words that you use that maybe no one else uses is good. So I also, I like to write down like a few words or phrases that I that I could use that are kind of, you know, unique to my commentary. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that like when I started, I was kind of piggybacking a little bit more off of synth. But, you know, as, mm-hmm. as I kept going, I, I kind of developed that. Definitely. And as for my favorite commentators or like the commentators I, I like, um, I really like Phil and Homemade Waffles for Super Smash Brothers Melee, if anyone watches them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they have a really good balance of, uh, you know, talking about the game, how it is from their perspective. And um, they, I think that they, they're very good at, like, talking um, with a lot of personality and, like, how they feel about things. And they're also really good at filling the gap. Mm-hmm. But I think that they always put the importance of the game above what they're talking about. I think that, you know, Scar and Tofar, they're a good commentator duo, but I think that the thing that I I just don't vibe with, I guess, personally, is I feel like they get sidetracked too much. Um, I think that they're very, they're very good at talking about stuff that isn't the game, but I think they get lost there a little bit. Very story oriented. Yeah, I think Mm. that that can be good, um, but I, I I like the stories too, but I think that there's always a time and a place. Um, you know, you know, Scar and Tope they have that that great style when there's you know not maybe much to talk about, but I think that Phil and Homemade Waffles uh, they have a, like a really good balance together. Right. I do think it's important for us to at least kind of be aware of the fact that um, it's very good uh, for us to compare us with these people. If if we if we compare us with like uh, Smash Cars as well, but they do have one big advantage right now, which I think mm-hmm. we can't really do right now. If someone says, yeah, he just did an, like an auto-canceled Nair or fast fall or whatever, like these termino- terminologies, um, they can expect viewers to know about them yeah. because yeah. They're, they're at the time right now where... Um, People that are really into the game, they know these terminologies, they know the tech, they know the stuff. Like in League of Legends, nobody's going to explain uh, how to farm minions. They're going to be talking about like um, jungle routing or whatever. Um, but um, we right now are at a point where we probably need to explain stuff still, especially when we yeah. have these like front page s- spots. We can't expect people to know what JRB canon is or what Flower Road Skip is of ours. Right. And- or, or even like what JRB means. Exactly, yeah. like not even any yeah. Uh, operations. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. Uh, knowing knowing uh, your audience at the time is very important. It's a, a good point that you brought up. Uh, you know, if you have a, a lot more viewers than usual, you can bet that, you know, those viewers probably aren't used to your commentary and haven't been around for much. Uh, so I think that, you know, always explaining things um, simply if you can and also explaining things... Um, or like, not. I guess like not taking things for granted, like you know that people will know like TikTok clocks. Sometimes just like expanding a little bit on that kind of thing is, is yeah. important as well. Giving so some backstory. About yeah, yeah. Give give that perspective. Definitely. Um, I got a couple points on improvement as well, and then I think I think we're good. Maybe. Um. I like to watch back my commentary and see like what I personally 
find entertaining what I like happen. Um, I think that can be very valuable, but also like you guys said, watching other top commentators and, and if you like something like I, I personally will take words, like I have a document full of synonyms for the different things that I say. And like, when I hear a commentator say something that's like funny or entertaining, or I'm like, Oh, that's a good way to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll take that and put that, put it in the safe, you know, pick what you like. Uh, obviously don't copy somebody, but you know, you can definitely like make a framework. Right. Develop your style. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Is there any final things you guys wanted to talk about before we uh, segue to the Q and a, I think we covered a lot. Once again, last, last call here, <laughs> make sure if you, if you feel like that's something for you, try just it out. Just try it. Give, it a shot. Just give it a shot. Really though. Give it a shot. You might like it. You might love it. It might change your life. It, you might become, you know, seriously, daddy. You you become become daddy. The next, yeah, you could become the next dad on the scene. The invitationals would have never been a thing if I didn't try commentating at speed gaming. Like just doing it once, I was like, "All right, I'm sold." And all of that has happened because of that moment. So, yeah. All right. Um. Well, I guess. How do you? What is it? Is it exclamation point? Discord. Uh, yeah, so you guys can type questions in the chat or you can type them in the Discord in the questions channel. It organizes them a little bit easier for us. Um, if you could direct a question at somebody, that would be cool too. And when you guys just see a question, you know, feel free to uh, fire it off, answer it. Uh, I think we should do maybe, what do you think, Cheese? Like 15 minutes, 10 minutes Q&A? Yeah, 10 minutes okay. would be good. All right. Bring them in, gentlemen. What do you want to know? about life we've got it all we know all the answers unfortunately <laughs> i don't have my, my laptop doesn't work anymore so i can't actually check i don't know how i could check the questions channel but yeah i got like, you just like you know blocking you guys' camera yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I got you bob <laughs> who is the biggest dad uh that's a tough one i don't know I mean, I feel on, I, simp. You're obviously the yeah, biggest dad. Yeah. No, no, I won't beat around the bush. We all know. <laughs> we'll know no, Lim Cube's growing though. Lim Cube's dad size, like it's it's pretty impeccable. <clears throat> all right. So first question off the bat, apart from the dad question, which is pretty important. Um, when can we expect more infos for the GSA SN64 League? Probably. Mid December is when we'll probably flesh that out more. Mm. Um, so, you can expect, you know, a lot come January, but I'd say probably about a month. Yeah. So I guess you know the process is going on right now of mm-hmm. finishing outlines and organization in general, all announcements and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, be later on, like probably around mid December, like Pitt said, um, yeah. like official announcements and stuff like that. You might get, you know, a little you know, bits of info here and there, but nothing, nothing officially stated, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Will come soon. Uh, What were your thoughts on Cheese's task commentary at GDQX? Really informative, which in that kind of, I mean, everybody's seen Mario. You're not going to do a play-by-play like, oh my God, look at the robot. It's now going fast. (laughs) He's going to be, he he was like stuffing as much as he could in to uh, inform what was going on. So I thought, 
I thought she's did yeah. a really good job. It's so yeah, short. Cheese, cheese only had five it's minutes. So, he was going yeah. off. He had a script. I knew it. He's like, he was going I crazy. did. I worked on that for like two weeks. I had a script of like a thousand words in front of me, and I'm like, all right, we have four minutes, and I was I was proud of myself. Yeah, for it, <clears throat> it's definitely. I think the setting's very important. You know, is GDQ and it was tasks like, you know, tasks you're really supposed to, you know. Tell people what's going on yeah. because people won't know what. And you have to find a way to tell happening. them in a way that they, they would understand what the hell's going on. Yeah, that's um, true. That was at my. Least, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, at least you you have the the benefit that a task in this game looks impressive. Like obviously, yeah. it doesn't look normal, so you can at least kind of hint on that. Yeah. So nice. it was my first ever exposure of real, <clears throat> in the moment commentary, and it's tough, dude. It's tough. Like, commentating is. It's just a little bit scary because you're you feel under pressure to perform in a different way than playing the game. Because like you're playing when you're playing the game, you don't have to worry about talking. All you have to worry about is you paying attention to yourself and what you're doing. But commentary mm -hmm. is like, it's not. It's it's a different kind of pressure, but mm -hmm. it's like exciting. It's like you're exuding the energy and the personality, and it's it's great. Yeah, it's a different skill set. I think that, you know, when you're speedrunning on stream, you can always just fall back on your skill in the game, or you can always just, you know, focus on the game. But commentary, yeah. you're kind of like, it's, it's kind of like ride or die sometimes. It's a feeling. Right. Definitely. Um, Bad Ronus asked a pretty solid question. Would any of you like to tackle that one? Um, uh, is it a long question? It one, is the long question. The one yeah. that says yeah. long question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can sum it up. Basically, he's saying, mm -hmm. like, CSGO and Melee, these games are reactive. Like, it's a different every time. But yeah. speedrunning is the same. You always are expecting them to do the same thing. So he's asking, uh, what's the opinions on having more energetic play-by-play -play and improving your commentary as someone who wants to do more in the future? Yeah, I think I think I brought it up um, earlier again. Um, you kind of have to have to twist it around, and I, I feel yeah. like you obviously you, you still go um, with expectations into a melee match or into a CS:GO match. Obviously, someone is gonna step up and make a play, but that actually can happen in speedrunning itself, yeah. especially in these bingos. Lately, we've seen some super creative stuff, but not even there. Like. Um, We've seen some unique strats and definitely cover them and highlight them as they happen, but uh, also use do it the other way around. Even even though something is expected, um, highlight again how hard it is. Highlight yeah. what he's actually doing in the moment and give perspective on like how risky yeah. or how um, how big that moment is right now. If he misses one input, he might lose a minute or something. Like show that show that off again. You know what I think I is think... actually good about speedrun commentary though is that. Yeah. So let's say again, I see us go right. There's there's still like a play by play thing because there are basic strats and just tech of each game, right? So people will explain, yeah, you know, in this part, or you could do this thing in CSGO, we could throw the gun. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I see people do that a lot. I don't know what's about, you know, there's certain things you could explain every time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but in speedrunning, yeah. there's a ton of play-by-play -play things that you can go through in every run, right? So you always have something else to talk about after, I guess, which could be an advantage in speedrunning. It's just that you have to... The hard part, I think, is you have to find a way to explain it in an entertaining way and not just be, like, reproducing, you know, information. Yeah, because, that, I, think... I mean, that's not fun for the commentator yeah. or the viewers. Like, if you're literally saying the same thing, like you can spice Everything. it up, you can change what 
like how you're approaching it. Um, Got to get creative though, definitely. Speedrunning is there is some there is some hurdles uh, as in commentating speedrunning. I'd even I, say set yourself up to. Sorry, Pit, I'm gonna give it no, back to you one, one point. Um, set yourself up to. Um, to expect like the unexpected, like set, set yourself up in a way that you think he's going to fail it. He's going to fail that straight. And is he actually going to make it? Ask that question like continuously. And, and then, then you can if, he... It if he gets it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah, uh, for, I'm, I'm for you. Go ahead. Uh, I, I think that, um, you know, obviously uh, these, these games, you know, like fighting games and like, you know, shooting games or whatever, they always have that it's always very easy for them to fall back on on play-by-play -play because you know they're quite literally seeing the interactions between one player and another in the adaptation um but we you know speed running has a lot more like knowledge-based stuff to fall back on and we always know what's gonna like you know where they're gonna go next or whatever um so that that can be good to like you know prepare like what you're gonna say and also um like i think that they're like more similar than people give them credit for like at the end of the day, you go into the game with a goal. In Super Mario 64, it's, you know, get a certain amount of stars and beat the game. In Super Mario Odyssey, it's beat the game as fast as possible. And then, like, games like Smash, it's like, you want to take four stocks. And then games like League of Legends, you want to destroy the base. So I think that, you know, the games are more similar than maybe people give them credit for. It's just, you know, um, you can always focus on the goal as well in, in speedrunning and in those other games. And they usually do focus on that, like, who's... You know what are they gonna do to win? What are they gonna do to win? It's, it's it's the same thing. It's just you know, um, how you approach the the scenario. That's I think, a good is point. Important. Yeah. Uh, quick. Um, uh, well, I guess more of a point. Um, okay. So we're loosening, loosening the rules when it comes to emulators and competitive speedrunning be beneficial mm. for the competitive scene since it makes practicing and competing more accessible. Um, well, right off the bat. Um, again, every game is different, but the games, um, that do have like emulators and console runs, um, of course, another, Mario 64 is a good example again. Well, they're actually allowed, at least for, I could speak for GSA on behalf of GSA, uh, on behalf of like speed gaming and stuff, I, I, I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure they allow it. Um, it yeah. depends on the game, it's situational, but yeah. most of the time emulators are allowed. Depending mm -hmm. on, I don't well in OT for example, our emulators aren't allowed. But yeah, I, I it's definitely situational. I can speak mm -hmm. for SN64 and say emulators are allowed. Um, VC Virtual Console is not because Virtual Console is, it's pretty massive of a difference to yeah. emulator and N64. But it's it's situational. I don't know what you guys' opinion on that is. Yeah, I think that um. Emulator will always help accessibility, but the players that uh, usually the most skilled players are on console. I mean, just like going by, you know, like what I've seen and, um, you know, adding in that emulator can sometimes cause bad feelings because usually in most cases, the emulator has an advantage over the console. So it, it can leave, you know, a bad taste in, in their mouth. And, you know, we're, we're doing competitive tournaments that, you know, people compete for money in. So going forwards i think making sure that you know things are as fair as possible it is good and you know obviously as accessible as possible too i think that's also very important but i think fairness is more of a thing that we should strive for than uh than you know uh accessibility because i think that anyone who's 
like very motivated will you know go with whatever whatever the standard is okay so yeah i think go ahead i was gonna make a point limq would be back in t minus 30 seconds don't worry everything is fine okay okay um okay there he is uh i yeah. just have a quick point mm -hmm. on on the whole emulator vc thing i think it'd be interesting to at least experiment maybe with uh adding a like a deficit i don't know what you'd call yeah, it like a like a like a time tax a or handicap mm -hmm. yeah or yeah I think, I think that'd be interesting mm -hmm. I, I think it, it would be weird because like where would you add it right because if you add it for like vc over n64 and 120 star like where would you add it would it be at the end would it be in the middle because like at the beginning you'd be seeing someone start two minutes late oh so, i think you just add it at the end i think yeah ultimately at the end like maybe you just start their timer later or whatever i don't know Okay. I There's mean, if you start the timer, yeah, yeah, we we could see actually, they yeah. start with their timer at two minutes or something. Mm -hmm. We'd we'd have to. I think that that's an interesting perspective, and we'd have to do like a lot of research and work too, because we need to be very accurate in the timings. And obviously, you know, consoles like N sixty four that lag more, like we'd be taking like an ideal run on N sixty four versus an ideal run on VC. But you know, the right. most. If you make an equal amount of mistakes on N64 as an equal amount of mistakes on VC, chances are you'll lose more time than the difference because you'll be sitting there eating lag. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard to it's do you see like where it's hard to you know like kind of measure the differences? So definitely we're we're trying to adjust as we go. Yeah. Um. I, so we've breached the ten minute mark. I think uh, you guys have great questions, but in the interest of time. You know, we, we want to keep it digestible for people who are interested in hearing more about commentary and, like, uh, what they should know, that type of thing. So I think we are going to call it there, if you guys are okay with that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. I think this is a pretty solid conversation. Got a lot of good points, a lot of golden nuggets. Make sure you join the DSA Discord if you're interested. <laughs> the DSA. The GSA Discord if you're interested in some uh, commentary action. Mm. And also the Two Dads has... Podcast at Discord. So I, as you guys see, the, the Discord command, we got everything. My Discord, Two Dads, GSA, SM64 Discord. So just join all of them. Yep. Um, shout outs to Pity and LimbCube for joining us mm -hmm. once again. Thank you guys. Make sure to drop them a follow. You can find them on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Pity and LimbCube, twitch.tv slash LimbCube. Um, solid commentators. I'm Simply. I'm Cheese. And this has been the Two Dads Podcast Live. Live. We will get this up and running on the podcast apps. And Android. YouTube as well. Um... But yeah, YouTube and yeah, in the Discord we will keep you guys updated on the next episode and who's the mm -hmm. guest, etc., etc. So thank, thank you, you so much. Love you. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye everybody. Love bye you. bye.